Hello and welcome back. This is episode 30 and this is Control Alt Delete, hosted by me, Emma Gannon. So today's episode's very exciting. I got to interview Lucy Lendrum. If you're interested in social media and YouTube, then Lucy pretty much has the best job ever. She started off as an account manager at Gleam, a social talent agency that manages the most influential social talent in the world, such as Zoella, Tanya Burr and Jim Chapman and, and Joe Sugg and basically their roster is incredible. Together, the top 10 social talent on their roster delivers over 21 million subscribers on YouTube and have clocked up over 1.1 billion views. She now heads up the UK talent at Gleam. She was recently on the drums 50 under 30 list, which highlights 50 of the most impressive digital pioneers shaking up the industry. She also was recently interviewed by Glamour magazine and I really loved this quote she gave, which was, don't let age be a factor. People are often surprised at how young I am, but I don't let it intimidate me. I know my shit. So yes, I'm all down for young women nailing it in their careers. So I was very excited to talk to Lucy, catch up with her about what it's like working at Gleam and all the stuff that goes into managing some of the top social talent in the world and yeah, what it's like really behind the scenes. So I hope you enjoy this episode and here it is. Well, this is exciting. I'm at Gleam, Gleam Futures, with wine and Lucy Lindrum. The wine is slightly clinky in yeah, the Yeah, let's um, do a little clink. Cheers! Um, we have rosé, even though it's quite grey outside, but um, I'm very excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So excited. Slightly nervous. No, don't be, and we'll drink this wine. Um, <laughs> so I think you have one of the most fascinating jobs out there at the moment. And I think Gleam is one of the most exciting companies out there at the moment. Am I right? Um, I like to think so. <laughs> uh, I quite often say to people that I've been everywhere 18 months and then I always leave a company. And here I've been here for four years. Oh my God, really? It's like I can't yeah. leave. But that's because every six months it's a different job. Yes. No Keeps day is the same. Yeah. So when you first started Gleam, what was it like here? It was me and Dominic, Dominic's Nails, and Katie Snooks, who is actually now on our roster as talent and we were in a basement in Covent Garden somebody else's office and we had like we had four desks we had a spare desk just for you know growth great um and it was really tiny and I was taken on to do um to not work with talent to work on the uh, digital side of the business which was about providing social media services to brands so we worked with Unilever and Chanel and Avon, but doing Twitter and Facebook and oh, Instagram. So it was a social media agency at the beginning. Yeah, like oh, every wow. other one that exists. Um, the only kind of difference was that we did a lot of blogger outreach, blogger events. So because I had been blogging, and that's had what, you. Yeah. Oh my god, we need to get onto that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, because I had been blogging, that's why I got the job. Really, it was through doing the kind of blogger events that we, I don't know, got more got more involved in the talent side of the business. Mm-hmm. We had a few talent when I joined, and but only like five. Um, very quickly, that side of the business became much busier and needed more kind of men on the ground. And and then I've been doing that ever since. Oh my god! And everything's just kind of changed and blown up. Yeah, it's been a mad few years. What we do now versus what we did then are so wildly different. Um, it was a lot more focused on kind of 
brand work and development of channels and yeah. things like that and now we do books and yeah tv things and all sorts all over the shop yeah all kinds of fun stuff that's so it's so amazing to see just how much the people on your roster have grown and changed and developed and matured and yeah. taken so many different directions so your job Specifically, you because you kind of head up the the you're the group talent manager. Is yes. that right? So you, you don't actually handle talent one on one, do you anymore? Do you kind of oversee the whole roster, or how does it work? I do both because once you're attached to talent, yeah. you're attached to talent forever. <laughs> um, so I oversee everybody, but I also I have um, great people on my immediate team that do a lot of the legwork on a, on the, some of the talent that I individually represent, but I continue to represent um, Tanya Burr, mm-hmm. Marcus Butler, Joe Sugg, Jim Chapman, um, Lily Pebbles, Viviana Does Makeup, and Katie Snooks. Oh my god, what a great group of people. I have an amazing, like the girls who work on my team are absolutely amazing and do a lot of the kind of day-to-day yeah. handling of everything that's going on in their lives, so it's kind of a bit more of a strategic role. Um, but yeah, get involved in everybody's business generally. What's obvious, I think, to every to everyone that follows them is actually what an amazing relationship they have. With it's not like hidden behind closed doors. Everyone's mates. Yeah, and it can be a little bit. Uh, it's a bit cringy, I guess, if you're on the outside. But the, the whole team glean thing, and everybody talks about it as a family, and it's very much like that. I think we've been with the talent that we represent, most of them, for a really long time now. Um, and they tr- it's a trust thing. It's we've got them this far and they trust us to continue developing their careers. They all generally get on really well. I think there's a perception that some of the friendships aren't genuine. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. They quite a lot of them came to us through friendship recommendations. So yeah. they started before us, it's kind of got nothing to do with us. Um, yeah. And it's nice that you can bring together more and more people in that group. About 30 now on the roster between London and LA. Oh my god. I know. I mean, do you have to be careful kind of to keep it at a level that is manageable? Yeah. Because I can imagine you get quite a few people like <laughs> kind of wanting to get involved. Yeah. Maybe on the roster. Loads, loads, loads of requests. And it's really difficult because you don't want to like ruin someone's aspirations or anything like that. So we try and be as encouraging as possible. Um, and it's not about size. There's a massive misconception that it's all to do with how many subscribers you have. It's not at all to do with that. It's just whether, and this is, again, hard to find. It's kind of like the X factor. Mm. You know, yeah. We've just taken on somebody who's got less than a thousand YouTube subscribers, but it's bigger on other platforms. But there's something about her. Mm. And I can't necessarily put my finger on what it is, but saw her and just was desperate to have it and we're like we're super keen not to take on loads of talent because we want to be able to we've got more staff than we have talent which is really wrong <laughs> and unusual so but then it means you can be really supportive and give your all totally and they're mostly fairly young and kind of need that working by themselves it's a really it's a really hard job to yeah. do by yourself sat in your own house yeah you'd need someone to like bounce ideas off totally because do you um find it difficult sometimes giving like advice don't do that or do do that or turn that down or you know is that a hard job it must be yeah and what's what's slightly different about this type of talent versus traditional talent is that they are self-made so they've already done something right mm. as they obviously know what they're doing quite often talent will come to us and be like i really love your advice on how to grow an audience to be honest we don't know how to grow an audience because that's we haven't made these people get an audience that's not what we've done we've just 
work with them to develop that into a career yeah. um, but you've got to have something and therefore innately they have a really good knowledge of what they should and shouldn't be doing because they've already spent a lot of them have been doing it for seven years mm. spent the last seven years working out what they can and can't do and what their audience will and won't accept and so generally they know best yeah that's really cool and we can advise and yeah. that's generally what we say is like well i would advise you to do this mm. but if you want to do whatever you want to do they're all squeaky clean and mm. not worried about any of them doing anything out of handish so mm. yeah do you find it interesting like this kind of separation of internet fame versus like traditional fame like do you think it's sort of we should just group them all in together you're famous or you're not Oh, I call them talent, as you may have clocked on, <laughs> um, which I do without thinking. So some people, especially talent, turn their nose up when I call them that. Mm. But I think they're talent. We used to call them social talent. Now we start referring to them as digital first talent because mm. they're not just social talent. They're like my number one best-selling books. It's like it's not yeah, about them being on digital platforms. They are talent. They can go on different platforms. Um, but I do think that they're different from a reality TV celeb because they have a completely different relationship with their audience. Mm. And that's the crucial thing. Their audience are their friends. And so they have to treat the audience in a different way. They have to be more respectful of it and only do think... Like, it's like nobody knows what shampoo Cheryl Cole uses, whether she uses L'Oreal or she doesn't. Yeah. But they know what shampoo <laughs> our guys use and they know so much about their, like, yeah, lives. Everything. Everything. Every, their families, their, there's not much that they don't know. We were When we were doing Joe's first book, Joe was trying to come up with ideas for sort of Easter eggs that could be hidden throughout the book. And he's like, it's so difficult to find stuff that the audience don't already know. It's really difficult. Yeah. I mean, what I find really interesting is how all of the talent that you have and I follow like I love watching YouTube I know I'm not the target demographic but you know that I like binge on YouTube no but neither am I, I and I'm it. the same yeah this I'm is, just this is why we do both what we do yeah because I find it really it's kind of escapism and it's really easy to watch but um I do find it really interesting and I have an element of this in my job I guess is when work and life completely blur is that something that you kind of like keep your eye on in a way of saying okay you need to maybe switch off for a bit now or do you not, not get involved in that, Dif- really? Different talent are different, stating the obvious, but some will share... Louise has just put up a video, um, Louise Pentland, about being dumped. Mm. Not many people would do that, um, but for her, that's how she wants to share her life, and for her, that's maybe slightly therapeutic, but also she wants to share that experience, because who hasn't been dumped yeah. at some point? And quite rightly, that's an experience that should be shared. Um, you would share it with a friend, and it's the same kind of thing, whereas... Tanya is extremely private about her relationship. They're all different. And what about and what about you? Because if you were a blogger at the beginning, that that is sharing your life. Yeah. Have you kind of, without realizing, stepped away from that, or is that sort of a conscious decision that you didn't want to carry on blogging? I made a conscious decision to stop, so my blog exists no more. Oh. Because I didn't want there to be. Not that I mean, my blog was rubbish. So let's not have any ideas well, that it was I great. I've seen it. So I went so. <laughs> um, so yeah. So I'm not. It's not like I was going to be a, a star. Um, but I just found it like slightly conflict of. It's not conflict of interest. Just a bit cringy that I was managing this type of talent and had my own blog. Although I found it very therapeutic and quite enjoyed it. Mm. 
Um, I love taking pictures and mostly that was rubbish at the writing mm. but I enjoyed it and I've been that's how I got into the internet and how I got into this world I've been doing it since I was like 14 yeah so you know so much about it yeah and from it's, experimenting back then as well yeah and yeah. it helps now like I know how to code in HTML because I had to do it when I was 14 and it's kind of I've loved the experience of it and I've learned a lot from it it really helps my current job mm. because I understand the platforms but um, I don't want to do it. Yeah, because it's a really interesting um, dynamic when someone maybe wants to be in the spotlight and then there's people who'd like to help people shine. Because my book agent, for example, is the most supportive person and is totally responsible for my book even happening. I have so much to thank her for, but it's almost she's kind of just behind me going, go on, go on, Emma. like, you know, go and do your thing. And it's just, do you find it rewarding? Enormously. Yeah. Enormously. Although you, you do meet some people in the industry um, who are kind of like failed actors who are then acting agents mm. as, because it's their way of living their passion in that industry even if they can't make it for themselves. Um, but you have to be willing to be happy for other people. That's the yeah. other thing, yeah. I think. Um, so it, mu- it must feel like a total team effort when, for example, the, the book's going to like a Sunday bestseller yeah. list. It's huge. And I'm because I'm like diehard glean was here at the beginning I'm just so thrilled from a Glean perspective always when the talent do well because it reflects well on everybody also I want the talent to do well I want talent who aren't on our roster to do well because it does better for the whole market the whole industry if everybody's doing well then great yeah we have increasingly found that traditional management have kind of started a digital first talent wing the traditional newspapers were like YouTube is a thing yeah it was literally like four years after it was yeah, a thing yeah we were like we have, we've been doing it for ages <laughs> yeah <laughs> but thanks for noticing yeah but that did help that did help kind of legitimise as hard as it was um, for those who kind of got subjected to the British press which is an unpleasant place mm-hmm. um, it did wonders for the industry because suddenly everyone was like oh my god didn't know this thing yeah what a surprise um and it had been our little underground secret for mm. such a long time. <laughs> yeah. Did you have to give any sort of support when it comes to the media getting involved? Because I guess it's it's all very well when everyone understands the industry and understands YouTube and just, like, gets it. And then when you have the press commenting on this new world, it almost was clashing at a point. I think now it's better. Yeah. But at the beginning, it. it seemed like they weren't getting a true representation in the press. No, I don't think they were. Um, I think it's better now. To be honest, most of the talent are kind of a little bit averse to doing a lot of press because they don't have to. They don't need to. It's not that they're so famous that they don't have to because that's not the case, but it's that they have their own platform, which this is why Tom Daly came out on YouTube is because he could do it Mm -hmm. and not have his words messed around with. Um, And it's, it's that, exactly that. You just, if you're a traditional celebrity, you need a commissioner, you need a a editor to kind of give you access to an audience and you've got your own audience you don't need that and how empowering yeah so empowering how how amazing to say uh you know you might have seen this article on the guardian but actually go on my snapchat and you can hear what actually happened or whatever Um, i love that i love amy schumer when she will take a picture from the daily mail in like a onesie eating a burger yeah she'll put it on instagram like yeah i'm not embarrassed by this no it's like you're not winning (laughs) yeah i don't care i love amazing i just think that's i think we forget that that's a new ish thing and that it hasn't been around for that long back in the day it would just be you what you read in okay magazine was sort of the only thing you would 
was gospel. Read. Yeah. Yeah, and now the internet has allowed all types of talent to say what actually went down, and I think that's really empowering and really exciting. Yeah, you get to totally control your identity and share it with the world. So what's the craziest sort of thing that you've done? Because I guess you travel a lot. Yes. um, And things come up, and like you say, no day is the same. Are there any, like, highlights or crazy moments? (laughs) What's the most mental thing that's ever happened? But then you're probably used to it by now. Like, going to, like, LA, for example, might be a normal occurrence, but I would still be like, oh, my God. It all looks so glossy (laughs) from the outside. (laughs) I spent this weekend in LA, and I was so tired and jet-lagged and stressed and saw about 13 minutes of sunshine. It was gloriously sunny. And I burnt, obviously, in those 13 minutes. Um, I must say, you guys look so busy. Yeah, but also, Emma's just noted that the office is empty. Yes, and it's half seven p.m. It should be. Some offices aren't, though, aren't they? Some offices will be people in there at half seven. I'm not going to lie, everybody will be we're all on our phones constantly. Right. Because of talent now. Yeah. We try very hard to get them into the same schedules as us. Mm-hmm. They don't. That's a good point because actually if they work from home and um, maybe email you at like 9pm because they work, well not weird hours but a lot, mm. um, do, they, do they expect you to reply? Do you? Um, I've got very well trained talent. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working with them for a long time. So Jim did it the other day. He's like, I've sent you a really long email but please don't respond or read it. I don't, I don't want you to just deal with it tomorrow I was like okay but then obviously I had to read it because I don't want to know what it said yeah 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 and there was nothing urgent but you kind of they get used to yeah that's nice yeah it's no, really important just knowing the routine when yeah. you're in and when you're not or like Tyron called at 10 o'clock last night but she's like I'm so sorry for calling um, so you don't mind yeah as long as they're conscious of you having a personal life yes what little of it I have um <laughs> And they care. They like ask about my boyfriend and my cat and what's going on. Yeah, so that's really important. Oh, nice. that's so sweet. The, the best moments have been, and they don't happen as much anymore because sadly I'm getting a bit used to it. Have been moments where we did a, an American tour way back when, like three years ago, um, where the gang, so there's maybe six of them, went out on stage. We did like four nights. Went out on stage, messed about, had fun. The audience were mental. We got like mobbed in the car trying to leave. But but I would go out on stage behind them secretly and film for them and things like that. You couldn't really see me because it was in the dark. But it would make me shake because the adrenaline of this amazing moment where these fans are like, oh my God, this is amazing. Uh, Just losing it. It was unreal. And things like that have happened over various points where mad thing Satani did a meet up in Covent Garden it got absolutely swamped and was horrendous but wow. you have those moments where you're like wow this is insane you do forget that the the millions yeah. behind the number Are exist people. yeah they're because when people. you think of Twitter followers you don't you can't really tell you know you can't imagine what that group of people would look like I remember in um, Prague at that conference um, oh, yeah. Dom showed a clip of and I saw it at the time but it was like um, he really showed that clip of Waterstones where it thing? got um, shut down, yeah, with like 10,000, no, yeah. 8,000. 8,000 people. And a few weeks before, David Beckham got like 1,000 or something. Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, felt like goosebumpy when when they're in the car and they're just absolutely mind blown. Yeah, it's moments like that. That's an amazing video that Alfie did. But 
moments like that we're like wow this is this is big and you don't see it I think that's the thing is we're so used to not seeing it because we don't see the people yeah we're like oh yeah there's a number but yeah. we don't meet them um, so that's yeah always a, always a kind of amazing moment and they happen less and less because we things like that Alfie book signing in at Piccadilly we now can't do them unticketed as mm. a result because we didn't know how many people were going to turn up genuinely didn't know I think there's a perception that it's all a PR stunt it's not. Mm. <laughs> we have no PR. You can yeah. tell. You can tell his reaction. Yeah. I can't believe that he thought no one would turn up. But then I think when it's you and you're modest, you would think that. Like, you, you, you know, you're not going to say, "Oh yeah, I'm going to get eight thousand people." No. Like, you would think that. And if you only see so many people, every all of them do it all the time. Whenever they're having a signing, they're like, "Oh, I don't think anyone's coming," and then it's always sold out. And it, yeah, it's that you just don't see. You don't see it. People aren't necessarily tweeting you especially depending on the different demographics so like a lily pebbles has an older demographic so she's like 18 to 34 is 80 percent of her audience mm-hmm. um and they're not going to be tweeting going oh my god i'm so excited I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you, when are you gonna be here because that's not what they do they're like you and me are yeah. our audience um yeah yeah we just kind of buy a ticket and just go and just turn yeah. up yeah. and enjoy the champagne it's lovely <laughs> yeah. So, depending on the different audiences as well, people worry so much. They're yeah. like, oh, no one's going to be there, but... Mm, yeah. Oh, it's quite there. nice in a way to kind of every time be like, oh, yay, people are here. Yeah. And then everybody's super happy to see faces and yeah. always... Fans are always so nice. For people that don't understand it still, does that annoy you a little bit? Like, because you're so close to it and it is so obvious. I mean, I get it. I understand the appeal people try and compare it to the past like you know I guess how people are with One Direction they're Mm -hmm. like that with the YouTube crew I Mm -hmm. would say that sort of fandom yeah but um, do you find yourself having to like explain it still are we still in in a point where people don't quite get it the only people you really have to explain it to now are people my age and up to the point where they have teenage kids if they have teenage kids they get it right if they but between I'm 28 mm-hmm. 28 to I don't know 40 there's a bit of a gap so my friends are, have no idea that's so interesting that's yeah. so true but anyone yeah. anyone younger fine and anyone older kind of fine because they they have a younger family member because I've heard loads of stories that um, people at like higher up in companies maybe publishing companies they got inspired by their nieces or daughters or something yeah totally saying oh they've pointed this out to me yeah this is a thing absolutely and I think it's because you always as a parent you'll always know what your kids are up to but even we use Dom's kids to find new talent because they're like eight, <laughs> like sniffer dogs <laughs> and then I'm gonna get their ages wrong sorry Dom eight and ten or something like that and so they're watching a different type of talent because they're super young and so that's like oh what are you watching yeah that's really interesting because we won't be watching that and probably won't be served it by the YouTube, YouTube algorithm because we're not watching the right other content yeah um, so is it? Do you think that the, the trend might, is that um, people are starting? So because I don't think people start on blogs anymore. Really, that's kind no. of gone. It's almost like go straight to Instagram or maybe Instagram. There's like Vine stars or like Snapchat stars. Or is do you find that that's a, that's increasingly happening when the talent can be so specific on one platform? Yeah, Instagram specifically. I feel like. Have in- you got any Instagram specific talent? Uh, not yet. Signed today, <laughs> signed today on the dotted line. Oh. Um, yeah, Instagram, Instagram talent, Instagram, then Facebook, then YouTube. Yeah, but mostly like by a long shot, Instagram. Um, Do you see this just 
snowballing because it's you know it's funny when people like I overheard someone one <laughs> who worked at a newspaper uh-huh. saying that the internet no. was a phase oh no <laughs> and I know I know it's, it's hilarious but it was almost like oh yeah it will pass like surely internet talent it's kind of the opposite like surely this is now going to get even bigger yeah they're just talent and they found a platform and whatever that platform is if that changes that's fine the internet's not going anywhere we all know that so whether it's they're currently YouTube stars but they might be what's after YouTube there might be a new thing that we don't know about Mm. that's after YouTube what about young people that look at um, Tanya and Jim and Joe and Lily Pebbles and think I want that great but do you think it's kind of there are only so many people yeah. that can be good at that or, or get to that level. Totally. Because um, you've got to have that X factor. I'd love, I love the thought of kids specifically looking up because I think they're such great role models. Mm. And it think- gets them um, creating. Yeah. Um, I know a girl that I um, used to babysit for. I think she's still very young, but she um, bakes cakes and videos it. Cute. And that, that just makes me think, well, that's a good thing because that's getting her to do something and be yeah. good at something. And quite often you'll have to self-teach editing or and filming. This isn't that stuff doesn't come naturally. So yeah, you've got, to, you've got to learn skills. Yeah. Um, so I think it, that's great if you can encourage people to create. Also, creating is an amazing thing. Everybody should be creating in some form or another, whether you deem yourself creative or not. So yeah, I think that's great. But I think that now it's easier for people to start doing this with the intention of it becoming a career. Whereas most of the people that we look after didn't start with that intention. They you just have to have the real love and passion. You've got to want to do it because you've got to be able to do it for seven years before you yeah. make a penny. Yeah. And you've got to be okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are, then amazing. Yeah. Do it. Off you go. But that's normally the people that do because if you don't love it, you will stop. Yeah. Probably after a few months. Yeah. It's even like Lily and Anna, they were doing... Uh, living and working in London or commuting even from Brighton to London to work and then frantically photographing stuff, filming stuff at the weekend, trying to churning stuff out mm. staying up late at night just to get it done and still working because you have to work for so long you can't just, yeah. you basically don't make enough money from it for such a long time Yeah, and then you suddenly can you, earn you from it the rewards. but it takes so long yeah Gotta love it. Gotta yeah, love it. Yeah. No, I I love I'd love that because I do think whenever you do get a perk, for example, I feel like that now. If I've got get a nice perk, I'm kind of like, well, I'm gonna take the perk because I genuinely know I read my blog for like three years. Exactly. Before anyone started reading it. Yeah. And it's a really nice feeling. Yeah, absolutely. It's you've deserved it because you've worked for three years without any recompense. Yeah. And at the same time, kind of would do it anyway. Still without even a penny yeah would still because, be doing. because you love it yeah and because for you that's a creative outlet yeah I was really moody the other day and couldn't <laughs> understand why and I was being awful and um, I think my boyfriend pointed it out but he was like have you written anything recently and I was like oh. I was like I haven't blogged for a week so I actually was having a physical reaction to not um, you know having an outlet I think that comes as well with this thing the type of content that you write versus this is a lipstick yes it is a real kind of there's a therapeutic element to it I need to get this out yeah type thing otherwise it just stays inside you yeah and that's not good so um how exciting that there that um 
books is such a massive part of the Gleam thing. Yes. Um, how have you seen that evolve? Because when was the first book released Ooh, from a YouTuber? I looked this up the other day because the first one was um, Alfie's first book. Uh, I want to say October or September or something like that, 2014. So, so recently. Yeah. And Abby is obviously the publishing manager. Yes, so she's, just, she's just started with us, was it Simon which, & Schuster? Yeah, which is so exciting. Um, is that just growing and growing and growing? Yeah, and I think we're kind of, we're keen that it's not a flash in the pan thing where everybody releases one book and then they're done. And that's it, the publishing industry is not interested. We're kind of at the minute going through the phase of what really fun, interesting, creative stuff mm. can we do? And that's kind of why we brought Abby on board, was because she is a creative and she can help us out. We don't want to make stuff that's crap. Mm. We want to make stuff that's good. Um, and if she can help hone the creative so that it's not, not she doesn't do, she doesn't write anything. She doesn't write the initial idea, but she helps the talent work out what they want to do Amazing. and how they want to do it. Um, and, and how it will tie into everything else. Like yeah, and, yeah, and then how that fits in with a bigger picture of everything that they've got going on. Um, so, so far, so good. She's not been with us very long. Yeah. Um, but we're thrilled with how it's going. Yeah. We've got a couple of submissions out at the minute, so that's really exciting. That's amazing. Yeah. It's very exciting to see um, pe- more people reading. Yes. More young people reading. That's, that's the thing. Like, people who roll their eyes at YouTubers releasing books, like, at least the kids are reading books that they weren't reading before surely that's a positive thing yeah I, do, I just can't comprehend that that would be a negative thing I know the Zoella book club as well is a genius yeah. genius idea she read solidly for weeks yeah. <laughs> we just we were talking about it today because we were like oh yeah that was the period when Zoe was reading <laughs> so we couldn't do anything else because all she did all day was read I love that yeah, yeah she must be a fast reader now yeah but she loves it yeah so I like that it's young adult as well because yeah. she's so good I like young adult Mm. As well as it being relevant for my audience, but I like young adult. You know, when yeah, I love young adult. I, I read Girl Online. I was like, I kind of love it. Yeah, you know, it's a guilty pleasure kind of way. But why be guilty about it? No, absolutely, it's entertaining. Um, so what have you got coming up that you're excited about? So many things I can't talk about. <laughs> oh, like no. a YouTuber. Oh yeah, I forget that it's a very secret uh, project vibe. It's only secret until yeah, it yeah. cannot be secret. We try and we try and not be boring like that. We've just announced, announced. <laughs> we've just announced um, a music management company that we've set up with Marcus Butler. That's really exciting. Oh my god! Yes, yeah, called Strip Bear Entertainment, and um, it's a joint venture between us and him to find music talent. Wow! Um, and off have, YouTube, some or? off YouTube, some not find them mm. um, and kind of break them on social so that they're allowed to curate their own audience and music and do their own thing before awesome. you don't just want to sign them to a to a record label although we, there may be a point at which we do that um, yeah. but allow them to have their own audience and develop that and why not I love that that's like very much uh, passing on yeah. like when you think of what Marcus is doing that's almost like I'm going to do what I'm good at for and help other people. For somebody else. Yeah. And he loves music. And we've got two talents signed and they are phenomenal. And I think they're really, really amazing. And I think that's what's really exciting is we've found talent that are, we're all obsessed with. I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah, I'll send you a I listen to songs on repeat. Yeah, same. I'm that person. Uh, so... 
I feel like everybody's that person. People who say they're not that person are like... I know. People, how can someone like a song and then play it once? I just don't understand. I've been listening to the same song all day today as that, and I'll listen to <laughs> it when I get home. I'm not going to know it. I'm actually really embarrassed, so I can't. <laughs> I actually cannot. I'm like, I don't know anything about um, music. No, I'm very strange. I'm looking forward to you playing it to me shortly. <laughs> Why oh not? God, you'll be like, what? You are not who I thought you were. Hey, but like what you like. <laughs> yeah. There's so much out there. Yeah. That's so exciting. I feel like this is the heart of discovering new talent without any gatekeepers. Yeah. That's, that's what's really exciting about what we do is you find somebody who's got something special and you, they don't have gatekeepers. Oh my god, you're Simon Cowell. <laughs> you're, you're the Simon Cowell of the web. No. <laughs> Bit nicer. <laughs> I, I remember someone saying once at a party or something who worked at Gleam, they said a Gleam hour is like another company's day. It's mental. And the pace is, you really feel the pace and you feel, it's almost like you just get so much done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody is super busy because the the limitations feel much less. So mm. you can do everything. So why not do everything? The only restriction is the talent and the talent's time. They yeah. don't, you know, they can't do twelve books a year. That's ridiculous. They can't promote twelve books a year, and they wouldn't want to. So yeah, it's picking and choosing what those moments are, and then just running with them and doing them because the audience want it. Want it, and if they didn't want it, we wouldn't do it. So yeah picking and choosing what's interesting and absolutely for them. and probably turning down a hell of a lot so much stuff yeah so much stuff it's yeah. funny we um it, at the weekend we were at VidCon and we had a really amazing uh team lean dinner it was really lovely and um twitter were there and they're great but i had these memories i said this to them at the time i said i remember when i used to hunt down like anybody who works at Twitter on LinkedIn because I just wanted to speak to somebody about Twitter and nobody would talk to us nobody really yeah and it was really now it was just really painful everything Mm. was really painful back then to kind of getting talent tickets to a premiere or any any of it was hard work yeah um and so now for things to be a little bit easier Mm. and and for it to be almost like validated in that in that way because i saw that alfie was at the at buckingham palace yeah and was able to vlog the the queen Queen. i couldn't believe it was amazing and also but then to me there's nothing more you know um legitimate than the queen saying come and vlog my thing (laughs) yeah she's (laughs) like that's like okay they get like she knows what vlogging is yeah uh, they're fairly social media savvy really yeah in terms of like their twitter accounts and things like that so yeah i was thrilled that he got to vlog the queen yeah because what a moment so and louise was just with the pope for crying out loud oh my god it's all yeah just so silly <laughs> the girl on louise's team charlotte hasn't been with glean that long really and she was off to rome to visit the pope and i was like your job's great yeah <laughs> like, who gets to meet the pope this is a ridiculous situation really but it's because those people appreciate who these guys are speaking to who their yeah. audience is yeah. and what influence they have and it's why barack obama has done so much with youtubers because absolutely he kind of it's access to an audience that's otherwise hard to speak to for a politician yeah and it's the demographic of of the world where change can be made and you know young people totally. voting more but i noticed that all the youtubers did did snapchats and did tweets saying go and vote and yeah. it's that impression it's 
having that good impression on people is really great. I was really thrilled with how many people, uh, how many of the talent publicly said what they were voting because mm. generally we don't, we, none of us really talk about <coughs> who we're voting for necessarily mm. um, in a general election or wherever it is so I thought it was great that everybody was talking about it. Yeah, but it shows again the relationship, doesn't yeah. it? Of just kind of telling the truth and just saying this is what's happening, Yeah, how I feel. This is how I feel, these are my beliefs let's make a difference yeah well thanks thank and you thanks for the roses I know. I've drunk way more than you <laughs> I know if you like this episode please remember to leave a review or a rating on iTunes it would mean so much to me also um, tweet me at girl lost in city on Twitter I'd love to hear your feedback so thanks so much again for listening and make sure you tune in next week bye